Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. The biggest pro football overlays in Vegas are back with $12 million in guaranteed prizes only at Circa Sports. With two ways to win and no rate. Circa Million with quarterly payouts and 100% payback. And Circa Survivor. Select one team each week with no point spread. Take in the big money with $12 million in guaranteed prizes. Enter in Vegas. Play from anywhere. Visit CircaSports.com for details. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. I'm joined as always by Armani Buckets, Mr. Brandon Deutsch and Mr. Jake Dicker on this beautiful Thursday. How are you guys doing? I'm doing all right. Yeah, blessed. Exactly, Brandon. I think that every day, every day you wake up and you have a positive outlook, regardless of what's going on, just blessed, you know, showing my gratitude of this life. That was amazing. I don't know what else I can say. Dude, you sound like a Tony Robbins interview. I would love to become the next Tony Robbins. That'd be sick. He makes so much money. I love it. I love it. Um, how's, every, how's everybody feeling after, uh, after all that baseball yesterday? Oh, uh, after what, Jihei? I said after all that baseball yesterday, after, you know, we're going to get into it, but after, you know, Dodgers win, finally, and then um, Angels as well winning. I know, it's a miracle, right? The Angels, you know, it's funny, they actually made a really good trade last year, and I know we'll discuss this in a sec, but they traded Andrew Heaney, who wasn't good for them, and they knew they weren't going to be able to develop him, for this guy Jansen Junk and uh, Elvis Piguero at the time. And both of these guys have been pitching very good for the Angels. So it turns out that they actually won that trade because the Yankees didn't retain Heaney anyways. So a small win for the Angels. <laughs> yeah, and now, and now Heaney's thrown for the Dodgers. I mean, he only made his fourth start of the year last year or, or yesterday um, due to injury. But when he's on the mound, he's been great. So it was good to see the Dodgers avoid a, uh, a sweep against the Nationals, which would have been horrific. Um, but yeah, I mean the Angels won too, which you don't you don't see very often nowadays. Angels won a series. Let's give them let's give them a you know a little bit of respect here. They actually won a series. It's crazy that we're celebrating the Angels winning series now when we were talking about them making the playoffs a month and a half ago. That is so freaking true, Jake. That is so true. Well, let's go to the headlines brought to you by Circus Sports, Circus Millions, and Circus Survivor Pro Football Contests are back with $12 million in guaranteed prizes. Guys, f- visit circusports.com for details. Let's do this. report came out yesterday that the Angels team doctor guys said that Mike Trout has a rare back condition that will affect him for likely the rest of his career. Trout hasn't played over 140 games in a season since 2016 and only played in 36 games last season. Trout just received a cortisone shot and won't be back for at least 10 to 14 days in an, in the Angels lineup. What is happening to arguably the greatest player of, in baseball of all time? And will we see, ever see Trout? at his full potential again. Yeah, I'll start off with this one. Uh, as an Angels fan growing up, just being blessed to have the greatest player in the history of the game, talent-wise, be on my team that I grew up loving, 
fantastic. I know we don't have a lot of accomplishments, but just seeing him and what he's done over the years is fantastic. Turning into more of a power hitter, less less speed, uh, more bulky the last couple of years, but still great when he's healthy. And look, listen, he's still the best hitter in baseball when he's healthy. There's no denying that. Over like a 10, 10 year period, I mean, no, when he gets when he's on. No one's better. It's like a Buxton type thing. Buxton, Byron Buxton and the Twins, it's like four home runs one game, seven strikeouts another game. But Trout is less, you know, I know he had a couple slumps. He's less streaky like that. And more when he's on and consistent, he stays consistent. Um, and it's sad. It really is sad. I knew something was going on with Trout's health the past couple of years. Looks like this is the underlying issue. I don't know. I think, I, I know Trout downplayed this saying that, you know, he'll be fine, he'll be back. But it is a little bit concerning considering, you know, he doesn't steal bases. He's not as fast anymore. He's never really had a good arm, great arm from the outfield. He's had a good arm. And really, they should be playing Brandon Marsh in center field, who's much better defensively now than Trout is at this moment in time. He needs to take the L and move to left field. But it's it's sad. I want him to be healthy. But now his trade value is diminished. No one's going to be giving up a huge haul for a guy that makes $40 million a year, even though he's the best player in baseball and healthy and his back issues. I mean, this is something that's going to affect him the rest of his career. I doubt he'll ever play more than 150 games in a season again. Yeah, I mean, I think you you hit it. It's just sad, right? I mean, this guy's the best, potentially was on pace to be the best player of all time. Still performing at extremely high level, um, even with this, this condition. But you're right, there has been something lingering for the last couple of years. Um, and it does seem like this is the underlying issue. I'm glad that they've identified it and hopefully can work towards figuring out how he's able to manage it and play with it. Because, you know, if this is something that's going to uh, linger for the rest of his career, he's going to have to figure out how to play with it, right? Um, but it's just sad. Like, like I don't know. That's, that's the first thing that came to mind when I read it. I know that it was the report that came out before the game um, through The Athletic seemed a lot worse than um, his post-game comments about it. He thinks he's going to play again at some point this year. If, if this is as serious as they're saying it is and the Angels are, are on pace to, to tie their franchise record and losses, I don't see a reason for him to be back on the field. I know, I know he's gotten a lot of a lot of flack for being off the field and not um, not playing. But if, if it comes down to your health and, and not just career altering, a life altering back condition, I think that's something you gotta you gotta be able to get under control. But I mean, if this is something that's gonna deter his career, it, it's just it, baseball fans are just being robbed of, of the best best player of, of a generation, and it sucks. I mean, there's nothing other to say than than this just sucks. Yeah, it was the only. Um, I guess good news was that the reports that came out sounded terrible and then his own personal statements, Mike Trout's, sounded a little bit more optimistic so you know hopefully for his sake this is not as career altering as the initial report sounded. I want to ask you all a question though in terms of his trade market, this, does this eliminate it? Do you think that this means that he is not only for this season, but into the off season and into next season, do you think that this means that he's more likely to remain an angel now throughout his career? I think it was always going to, I don't think they were ever going to trade him. I know there were talks about him. He's the franchise guy. Um, Artie loves his stars, his superstars. He, he wouldn't pay like a Carlos Rendon or even, you know, he loves the flashy names. That's why he gave Syndergaard $21 million. He made Minashi and do that. Uh, I don't think he's traded. I think his value is diminished unless he really wants out and there's a team like the Phillies that want to take on his contract and give maybe two prospects. 
then you got to consider it. Like if that's what Trout wants at this point in time, Trout really doesn't have a say though. And I agree with Jake. I do think, I, I really doubt he'll be back this year unless the Angels start winning games because there's no point. What, for his career stats, it's like LeBron catching Kareem. Like that's why LeBron sat out those past five games to end the season with the Lakers was, you know, he could have gotten the scoring title, but he's like, why play? We're out. We're not going to be in the play Right? It's the same thing with Trout. You're 14 games under 500. I know they've been winning at least a little bit more than they have been in the past lately, although I don't want to jinx it. Last time I said they were winning, they went on like a 14-game losing streak. So I'm, I, you know, I, I don't trust this team at all. Still the worst team in baseball until they prove me wrong. But I really think he's going to be an angel for life now. There's really no getting rid of that contract. It's going to turn into a bad contract, too, if this lingers with the bat within a couple of years. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I totally agree with you. Unfortunately, he like fortunately and unfortunately, I guess for his career, he will probably remain an angel for life. Um, well, moving on to football, guys, Debo Samuels did not participate in practice as he holds out for a contract extension. Yet he did his own drills and showed up at training camp yet again on Wednesday. When do you think Jimmy G will be traded and what will then um, what will um, that put the Samuels extension through and both sides will be happy? I think I'll start off with this one too, being the lone Niner fan here. I think that Debo will be a Niner for the foreseeable future. I do think they'll come to an agreement at some point. I think both sides are inching toward that, but they have to get rid of Jimmy Garoppolo. They just do. They don't have the cap to extend Debo, especially for this season with Jimmy Garoppolo on the books. You know, it's just it's like cap wise, it makes more sense if they once they trade Jimmy. I know Jimmy's only on the team this year and Debo's already going to get paid whatever he gets paid this season. That's not going to change. So, yes, they could extend Debo at this point in time. I think it's like getting the money right, but getting rid of Jimmy kind of clears like a bunch of underlying you know questions about the team's future and then you can really look at your cap situation clearer because jimmy you know like i just i think it'll get done i do think it'll get done before the season just like i think the seahawks will extend dk metcalf before the season these wide receivers are going to get paid you can thank christian kirk for this you know christian kirk's a good player but he did not deserve 70 million dollars from the jaguars but Debo Samuel's going to get paid, and it's really just, I think John Lynch is like, how much do we value Debo Samuel, especially if he's not going to play wide back anymore? Because that's what he said. Also, that that hurt. I know we're going to talk about fantasy. That's why Debo's not a top five pick in fantasy football this year. He's not going to be playing the running back position at all, almost. So in PPR leagues, he's going to be just Trey Lance getting him the football on either, you know, a slip screen or on short passes or long passes. So he's his value in fantasy and for the Niners is diminishing if he doesn't play that wide back position. So then you got to be like, then Debo doesn't have the argument, pay me like a wide receiver and a running back. It's only going to be pay me like a wide receiver. Right. So I think that's kind of where they're they're still finding they're still a part on a deal is like how much does do they value Debo and how much does Debo actually think he's going to get if he's only playing the wide receiver position? Because a lot of how great he is is because of Kyle Shanahan's offense. Even though Debo Samuel's great, he'd be great in the New York Jets at any place he'd go, but he wouldn't be half as good as he is anywhere else because Kyle Shanahan makes his players look way better than they are. That's just the, that's the truth. Yeah, I, I think that when, when we look at um, what's going on with Debo, you, you hit the nail on the head, Brandon. I think that it's something that um, with his special skill set, 
this was always going to come down to a showdown and, and a stare off. And I, I think that, like you were mentioning, it's going to get resolved. But as long as the Jimmy situation is hovering over them, that takes precedent. And the interesting thing is the reports coming out about Trey Lance, about I forget which member of the NFL media was mentioning this, but he was saying that some days it's beautiful and it looks great. And then some days it looks like you would expect growing pains. But all of this ties into a part of the reason why the Niners are one of the most fascinating teams going into next season. And I can't wait to see how it transpires with them. Yeah, I mean, you guys you guys hit it right on the head. Um, Debo's a very special talent. I think he, I don't want to compare him to Shohei, but just like being incredible in different assets of, of their respective sport that you don't see very often. You know, D was able to run the ball at a very high level and, and be one of the best, you know, route runners and pass catching receivers in the league. Um, so I think them getting an extension with him, don't, I think I think it'll happen. Um, I think he's going to be a cornerstone there for a long time, build around him. You know, I think him and Trey Lance could be, you know, the next big quarterback wide receiver duo that we see in the league and then you know they'll, they'll trade jimmy at some point if you know we, we heard them say the other day that if he was healthy it would have happened um already so i think it's just a matter of time yeah no i mean i definitely i definitely agree with you guys i mean he's he's a transcendent player um arash and i were fortunate enough to talk to him at radio row um great great guy but like he and he deserves it. He deserves the money. I just, I don't think that, are they going to really, are they going to be able to come to an extension agreement where he's going to be happy though? Yes. Because think about it. Debo wants to be a 49er as much as people say he doesn't. He knows that he won't be as good in another offense because Kyle Shanahan's scheme makes him Debo Samuel at the end but of the day. But he also needs to get paid the way the way that he should also be paid. And he paid. will. He will get paid. The Diners will give him 100 to 150 million. Like they're going to give him the money. Okay. I mean that that's I don't want to say they that that's a hot to. take. They have to. He's a special talent. What are they going to do? The Niners know their championship window. Like maybe it it increases with Lance's development, but they kind of it's kind of do or die this year. I know they have a rookie quarterback, but they were so close last year. They kind of like the NFC's weak, weaker this year. They kind of need to get there. But you were also like you also said that they have the best coach in football until the fourth quarter. That is, uh, but you they you have the best coach in football in Shanahan, and he can make those adjust, possible adjustments where yeah. maybe he doesn't need him as much. Maybe he shouldn't be. He won't have to be as reliant on Debo. I'm not saying that he shouldn't because I mean, he's a freaking two way player. He can do extremely well um, on both sides. I'm just saying I think that he should get paid for doing both of the jobs that he's doing, just like Shohei should get paid for both of the jobs that he's doing. We'll see. And I hope that they. Do. We'll see. What and happens. I hope that they. Yeah, and I hope that they they pay him for that. Um, I wanted to actually switch gears really quick, guys. We have we have a little bit of time um, about Brittany Griner and her. Um, uh, she's getting right now um, sentenced tomorrow um, and the US government finally is stepping in to try and set her free they're doing like they might be possibly looking at a plea bargain where they're switching out um, basically swapping two people for one but the one person that they're switching out for is basically a known assassin um, for Brittany Griner and another um, unidentified American uh, prisoner uh, over in Russia. I'm wondering, do you? <laughs> this is really controversial. I know that, this, and I think that Britney deserves to come out and be 
come back home. There's no doubt in my mind whatsoever. And so does the other American. I'm sure they both haven't done anything wrong. But is this a fair trade? Seems a little one-sided to me. I mean, I, we, we all want to get Brittany home. It's just without knowing uh, many details about the Russian, um, it sounds like a mafia member. It sounds very one-sided in terms of uh, endangering the public in terms of letting him out. But at the same time, I'm not a politician. I don't know what it would take in these kinds of um, exchanges. She's basically a prisoner of war, and it's we've mentioned this multiple times. It's very unfortunate for her that she's stuck in this situation. But I mean, I I think it's a lopsided trade. Hundred percent, yeah, hundred percent. It's like sending Kevin Durant to the Warriors for like Kevon Looney. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> it's, it's a lopsided trade. I mean, I know it's it sucks. We all want Brittany home, but the Russians are again getting their way. I hate to say it, you know, but I'll refrain from saying any more. But I do think Brittany deserves to be home. You know, you know I, I just think it's wild that we're talking about this like we're like the general manager of the United States of America. Like it's crazy that this is what this has come to. Um, I kind, I kind of feel like Brandon and don't feel the need to say much more here because especially because I'm not incredibly educated on the situation so i don't know if i'm necessarily um in the right place to talk about it but i mean everyone wants to see britney come home and you know what i think we just gotta gotta do what it takes yeah thank you for uh, i spread this on you guys last second so thanks for your answers um let's move on um to actual sports uh we started talking about fantasy earlier on, and we're going to get to it right now. Um, on yesterday's show, we started talking about it with your top five players in general, who your top five players were. Which players from your favorite teams, guys, do you think will have a breakout season? Um, and think of someone unexpected. Well, I mean, I got one. I, I got one for the Rams. I, I think I think Van Jefferson's going to have a phenomenal year um, as the who I, I think him and Allen Robinson going into the year are probably the Cooper Cup's the number one. They're probably 2A, 2B. Um, and, but, he, you know, he's going into his third year in the league. He's going to have to take a big jump. He's a phenomenal route runner. And I think, you know, defenses are going to have to start paying more attention. Um, obviously, they're going to game plan for Cooper Cup. May open some holes for Van Jefferson to, you know, take that next step. Um, and then, you know, kind of veering away from the Rams. I, I Not that he isn't already an established guy in the league, but I think Josh Jacobs is going to have a great year uh, in Oakland, or Las Vegas, excuse me. God. Um, <laughs> you're still getting used to it, right? Dude, at the, ML, at the, at the All-Star game, or the Futures game, someone introduced one of the, the Guardians prospects as being from the Cleveland Indians, and I, the place went nuts. Like, it's, it, it's everyone's still trying to get used to these things. But, you know, Josh Jacobs... In that new offense, you know, Devontae Adams is going to work wonders for, you know, opening up many different things they can do in their offensive scheme. I think it just, it, it makes sense for, for Josh Jacobs to have, you know, take another step um, as that, as the feature back in Vegas. And if we're going, okay, so my Niners, I think if you want to wait on a quarterback, PPR, we're talking about uh, you know, points per reception league. It values running quarterbacks like Jalen Hurts, like Lamar Jackson, right? So Trey Lance is in a home run selection if you get him in the later rounds because you know he's going to run a lot and you know Kyle's not going to have him throw over 25 passes in a game because he's going to struggle. He might throw an interception or two, but so did Jalen Hurts last year and he still was great. So I think Trey Lance is going to take a lead. I also think don't sleep on Jawan Jennings. I know Ayuk and Samuel are going to have great years, 
Juwan Jennings had a great playoff run, and I think that they're going to use him more, especially in this vertical downfield approach, since Lance can actually throw the football past 40 yards, unlike Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, I think that you guys also need to not sleep, um, possibly on on my boy, Saquon. I think that he's probably going to try and come out there and, uh, and ball out just because of all the injuries he's had. But switching to the um, to local... Allen Robinson is killing it in camp right now for the Los Angeles Rams. So he might actually be your sleeper um, there if you guys wanted to maybe put him on a flex position or something like that. Okay, well, guys, let's leave it there for now. Oh, sorry, Armand, really quick. Do you have anybody? Cole Komet, but we suck. So don't don't touch any Chicago Bears. Khalil Herbert. Yeah. I, I, I love your realism, man. I love your realism. I love your realism, um, Armand. Well, let's leave it there for now, guys. When we come back, we'll be talking to the hardest working man in LA media, Mr. Nick Hamilton. When we come back on the Mighty 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mighty 1090 ESPN Radio. Biggest pro football overlays in Vegas are back with 12 million in guaranteed prizes only at Circa Sports with two ways to win and no rate. Circa Million with quarterly payouts and 100% payback. And Circa Survivor. Select one team each week with no point spread. Take in the big money with 12 million in guaranteed prizes. Enter in Vegas, play from anywhere. Visit CircaSports.com for details. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California. 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas, the Hawaii Sports Radio Network as well. Just as a reminder, if you have any questions or a comment or concerns or just want to win tickets, guys, to an upcoming game in L.A., Vegas, or Hawaii, call our hotline at 310-400-0340. Again, that number is 310-400-0340. Also, we have our email address at show at gmail.com for all those that don't have spell check because Arash Markazi isn't, I don't even think it's in there. Um, it is all lowercase A-R-A-S-H-M-A-R-K-A-Z-I. S-H-O-W at gmail.com. Okay, let's go to the Circus Sports guest hotline. Circus Millions and Circus Survivor Pro football contest with $12 million and guaranteed prizes are back. Visit CircusSports.com for details. Here he is, the man, the myth, the legend, the constant Thursday guest on the Circus Sports hotline, guest hotline, Mr. Nick Hamilton. Nick, thank you so much for joining us. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, I'm I'm here. I don't know if I'm a legend yet, but I'm here. I'm glad to be here. Uh, <laughs> thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. No, always, always, Nick. I mean, it's so it's so great. I mean, you are always hustling, always doing big things. What um are you working on at this current moment in time? 
Well, right now, obviously, looking at the progression of the Dodgers, obviously, they're doing extremely well. Uh, they, they were able to bounce back uh, Wednesday uh, to avoid a sweep by the Nationals, uh, which they are currently 9-12 and 12 against the Nationals, Rockies, and Pittsburgh Pirates this season. And for a team that has the best record in baseball, that is an amazing stat. Uh, Mookie Betts has been absolutely incredible. Uh, we're working on that, uh, a feature on that. Um, and then got through uh, doing a very exclusive in-depth interview with the legend, hip-hop uh, musician, artist, um, corrupt young Gotti from the Dog Pound. Uh, that could we have part one of that interview that could be fe- that could be heard on all streaming platforms with TMA with Nick Hamilton that you can hear every Tuesday on Sirius XM channel one forty five at ten a.m. Pacific. For sure, for sure, Nick. I wanted to ask you. Speaking about the Dodgers, we know you're the hardest worker in the industry. Check out Nightcast Media, all of Nick Hamilton stuff. He's the man. I wanted to ask you about Max Muncie, and uh, you know, I personally have this belief that the Dodgers would be a seventy to seventy five win team if they did not have Max Muncie in that lineup and they had someone else. Now I know it's a hot take, but why in heck is he still batting fifth or sixth or he he was batting fourth for a long time? I mean, I know he walks. I know his OBP is like. 3 310 320 even with his average being 150 but don't you think like the way Gavin Lux is playing and the the depth they have in both AAA and off the bench that Max Muncie I don't care what he's done in the past he's the worst hitter in the major leagues this year yeah absolutely he's definitely been uh, uh, on a significant decline uh when it comes to him at being at the plate but I think also it's a, it's a it's Dave Roberts is about camaraderie Dave Roberts is about familiarity and I do agree with you I think Gavin Lux would be possibly a better fit depending on who's on the mound. And I think it's by committee about who's on the mound, who has the best, who gives the Dodgers the best opportunity against their opponent on the mound. And I think when you look at those, those numbers and when you look at the statistics that go along with that, I think that may be one of the reasons why Max Muncy is still in the lineup at times. I mean, he's, he, I, I call him Haley's comic because once every 76 tries, he definitely actually comes through at some point. Um, you know, before we were talking about Max Muncy, we were talking about Cody Bellinger, who I, who I called a milk carton all-star because it's like, damn, we hadn't seen this dude before that grand slam he gave um, in the previous series. We hadn't, we hadn't seen him in Lord knows how long. I mean, it was like, have you seen me call this number? Um, so I think it's just a matter of trying to filter guys in I think it's a matter, like I said, of who's on the mound and trying to give them the best chance to win. Um, and then also, too, at the same time, I'm not a big Max Muncie fan. I think Max Muncie should be, should be sent down. Um, I think Gavin Lux should be given more of an opportunity um, in different spaces. But I tell you what, one guy who's definitely taking advantage of his opportunity, and that's Trace Thompson. Trace Thompson has been clutch. Trace Thompson has learned a, a quite a bit since his last time when, when I spoke with him uh, several weeks ago just about him returning to the Dodgers um, and how much he had, he was able to learn from his first stint with the Dodgers and obviously playing for other teams. Uh, but, how, you know, who's truly been a help to him, guys like Mookie Betts, guys like Freddie Freeman, um, guys like Trey Turner, um, you know, David Price, uh, just giving him advice on how to go about how to, you know, go at the plate, how to, how to you know, maintain his position, uh, you know, his, his mentality, uh, making sure that he's able to, uh, maximize his opportunities. And so that is a guy who I think he, if he continues to have a strong August and a strong September, it would not surprise me if he makes the playoff roster this year. 
Nick, the trade deadline's just a few days away, and I got one name for you that hasn't necessarily been linked to the Dodgers, but um, the Red Sox are listening to trade offers on J.D. Martinez, who's an expiring contract, who I think would fit beautifully right into this Dodger lineup um, and kind of take Muncie's at-bats as a DH. Um, if they were to go out and get a guy, you know, a big bat like a J.D. Martinez, do you think that's something they should do, something they need to do, um, or or you think they're they're set with what they've got? I think the Dodgers have options. I don't think they need another big bat. Um, I think more so they should be looking for another arm. Obviously, Luis Castillo's name has been linked to the Dodgers, but also the New York Yankees as well. The New York Yankees seem to be the appear to be the front runner as far as acquiring the services of Luis Castillo uh, from the Reds. But I think the Dodgers may have to look at another arm. I know we always talk about Dustin May speaking with Dave Roberts a couple of weeks ago, or at least a week ago, I should say. He was giving an update on the progress of Dustin May. Obviously, Blake Trinan uh, is probably going to be coming back sometime late August, early September, uh, which should help strengthen that rotation as well. Um, but I think the Dodgers just have to make sure they get their guys back healthy. Obviously, Andrew Heaney, uh, who pitched well uh, on Wednesday, uh, could be you know, a, a, um, an opportunity for them to, to have some strength in that rotation as well. Um, when you look at... Um, Oh, man. Who was the starter? Name it escapes me. He's injured. Oh, my apologies. But anyway, the name will come back to me. But I think you got guys coming back healthy. And I think that's going to be a significant plus for this Dodgers rotation. It's got getting guys back healthy and getting them um, to stay healthy. Um, that's going to be the key. But I think they have enough bats. I think the bats just have to remain hot. They have to remain um you know, making sure they score with runners in scoring position, you know, hit rather than with runners in scoring position. And I think if you got that, um, I think the Dodgers would be just fine. But it, it wouldn't hurt the Dodgers to go after another arm. J.D. Martinez, I think, is would be a, a, a good addition to that Dodger clubhouse. But I don't think they necessarily need him. Um, I think that J.D. Martinez services may be more presentable elsewhere. Um, and making sure that, um, you know, he's able to do the things that he's, need, he's needed to do. But I think the Dodgers are fine. Like I said, they got the best record right now in baseball. Um, their percentage points ahead of the New York Yankees, who are, are starting to slip like a bad transmission. <laughs> Nick, if they, if they need to acquire an arm and say it's not Luis Castillo, um, I think the next best guy on the trade market is probably a Frankie Montas. And then it kind of yes. falls off to guys who are, who are com kind of comparable to guys like Andrew Heaney, Tyler Anderson. Um, so if it's, not, if it's not Castillo, do you see them going after a guy like Montas? Do you see him kind of stay, staying put on that front? I think Montas, that they were looking at is what do we have to give up? How much do will we have to give up? Because they have a very strong farm system. And I don't think you want to gut the farm system, um, even though you got a guy like Montas, who I think is extremely talented, um, has great command of the ball. But I don't think they will. It depends on how much they have to give up. If they don't have to give up a whole lot, that could be an option for the Dodgers. Um, but I don't. I don't. Like I said, it remains to be seen because we all know Andrew Freeman, and I've had doubts about Andrew Freeman in the past. But the last several, last few years, I can no longer doubt Andrew Freeman and his infinite wisdom when it comes to acquiring the right players and putting the right pieces in place for the Dodgers to be successful. Um, so, again, that remains to be seen. But I think Montage could be a good addition uh, to that Dodger rotation. I like him personally. 
Nick, you've been warning us for basically the entire season about the Liz Cambage and Sparks. Um, I don't know if you want to call it beef. I guess it was beef because of what happened. Did you expect it to get to that point where the divorce happens and they kind of drift apart, obviously, and she's no longer a part of the team? I know that you you were adamant that the fit wasn't working and that she wasn't giving you know, her best effort, but did you expect it to reach this point? And what do you think is next for her in her career? I didn't expect it to be this, this way. I did, I did see that maybe at the end of the season, I, this last several weeks, I've been hearing rumblings between her and several other players of, of clashing. Um, there were other videos. If you look at some of the post-game videos, uh, there was a, a post-game video of her, uh, speaking of Liz Cambage, uh, Brittany Sykes, and Neka, excuse me, Chenea Gumake. And as Liz was talking, you could see the body language. Body language could talk. They were not in agreement with what she was saying or with her. They just weren't feeling her. They were like a statue. We don't feel you. Um, that's just what it was. And Liz Cambage has been a complete disappointment. And like I told, like I said, you, you mentioned a few seconds ago, and I said this publicly, I've said this privately, this was a terrible fit. This L.A. basketball has made some of the worst signings in the last year or so when it comes to bringing free agents to, this, to these ball clubs. Obviously, Russell Westbrook coming to the Lakers. Now Liz Cambage going to the Sparks. It was just a bad fit. It didn't fit. you. If you watch any of the Sparks games, just the fluidity of the offense, she slowed it down because they would go up the floor and they, she'd be jogging up the court and they'd have to wait for her to get up the floor. By that time, opposing defenses were already starting to get set. So now they couldn't do anything. They couldn't split the defense. They couldn't make surprise moves because they had to wait for Liz. Um, you know, she had she acted like she had a two-inch vert. She was lazy. Um, she didn't give maximum effort. And I've always said, Liz Cambage being 6'8", 6'9", 230, she should be the MDE of the WNBA. And I've always said, that if, she, if she wanted to improve, she should have talked to Lisa Leslie. She should have gone, spent a week with Tim Duncan, spent a week with Akeem the Dream Olajuwon, and watched Shaq videos. And that would have, if she really would have took that to heart, she would have still be playing right now, and she'd be the MDE. Nobody would be able to see Liz Cambage. Not at that size, because she is, she does, she does have talent. I'm not going to sit up here and say she doesn't have talent, but it doesn't translate well. And moving forward, as far as the future, when we spoke with Fred Williams, the head coach of the LA Sparks, he looked a bit peed which he should have been. I mean, he was a real gentleman about it. And she, he, he was optimistic as far as her future in the WNBA. I think she's finished. I think every bridge that there was left that she didn't burn, she she did, she blew the canyon. Uh, there were no bridges could be even thought about being rebuilt. Um, nobody's going to touch her with a 20-foot pole. Um, and if you are an organization and a franchise that's building in the right direction towards championship contention, when you look at four other franchises in, in the – Connecticut Sun, the Chicago Sky, the Las Vegas Aces, and the Seattle Storm. If you have any of those type of franchises, nobody's going to touch you. And why would you? The, the the level of consistency is simply just not there for Liz Cambage. So it's unfortunate, but um, I think the Sparks can continue to move forward. Um, I don't think they're a championship contender. I don't think they were a championship contender when she was there. I damn sure don't think she, they're a championship contender now. Um and I think it's just an organizational thing. I think the Sparks, as an organization, are a, a not a great-ran organization, period. 
Well, Nick, I want to switch over to an organization that actually is making money moves and is um, attempting to win right now. Um, that's uh, all of y'all's USC Trojans. Um, but according to AP News in the pre-poll, preseason poll, SC isn't even in the top 25 rankings for college um, of college football programs right now. Should you guys feel, do you, how do you feel about this, especially since Oregon and San Diego state made the list and they didn't. I mean, who cares? And that's oh. not, I'm not saying that to you, but I'm just saying, yeah. in general, like who cares? I mean, it's all about what you do on the football field. I mean, they have one, they have Lincoln Riley. They have Caleb Williams. Um, there's a reason why the big 10 reached out to USC and UCLA for that matter. Um, UCLA draws. I did, I did predict UCLA, USC, um, having a, 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 a 10 and three record this year. Um, I did predict them to win the South and go to the PAC 12 championship. And I even predicted them to win the PAC 12 outright. Do I think they're going to the college football playoff? No. Do I think they'll go to a significant bowl game? Absolutely. In their first year. Um, I think USC is loaded with talent. Um, they're ranked as far as being the top portal, uh, transfer portal uh, in the nation. There's a reason for that because they acquired a lot of talent because the moment they announced that Lincoln Riley was going to be the head coach, a boatload of talent started to migrate west <laughs> to USC. And the important factor is Lincoln Riley understands the terrain here. He knows what's in his backyard. You're not going to, I don't think moving forward, you're going to get future talent moving way to Alabama like you got with Bryce Young or going to Ohio State like you saw with C.J. Stroud, uh, two Southern California guys that avoided USC like the plague. Um, I think you're going to get um, some more talent as they progress. I think USC, uh, there's a lot of people waiting to see what USC is going to do. There's a lot of naysayers. There's a lot of doubters out there. Some people think UCLA is going to have a better year than USC. I don't know what drug they've been smoking, uh, but you know that's that's their that's that's their opinion. Um, but I think USC is going to surprise some people um, in these games this year, and I think they're gonna it's going to take them some time. It's going to take Lincoln Riley time to turn this program around. So I give it a year or two, and then you we'll talk about USC being pre-ranked maybe in another year or two and where they stack up. Okay, you kind of answered my follow-up question about like in a year or two is going to—that's how long the program is going to take to develop, Nick. But where do you see them? Do you see them winning the title or just contending for the title in a year or two? I think they win the Pac-12 title all right. I think they can if they stay healthy. Um, I think they definitely make the Pac-12 championship. I think they win the South um, because I think they're low. I think they're talented. It's just about how are they going to be able to bring that talent together and be able to let that talent flourish enough where it translates into wins because the only thing that counts in this is wins and losses. Um, and that's how people equate you. That's how people judge you. And I think Lincoln Riley understands what the pressures are at being at USC. Um, and I think also, too, there's going to be some tight competition, um, especially with UCLA, obviously Utah. Um, and so there's going to be some times where USC is going to have to make sure they step it up. Do I think they beat Notre Dame this year at, at the Coliseum? Absolutely. Absolutely they beat Notre Dame. And that's going to help them tremendously. Um, the big showdown is going to be UCLA and USC. That's going to be the game to watch. Yeah. Nick, I wanted to go back to basketball here. 
I know we were talking about this before we went on air, and I told you that I think as of right now, I know the Lakers still think, still say they're going to make a move. I doubt it. I do think Westbrook's going to be back the more we get to training back. But that's a whole different conversation. As of right now, I think eight teams are better than the Los Angeles Lakers regular season-wise. And, and I think it's Minnesota, New Orleans, Golden State, Phoenix, Memphis, Denver, Los Angeles Clippers, and New Orleans Pelicans. Eight teams that will, as of right now, have a better roster. Do I think that Minnesota will beat them or New Orleans in a playoff series? No, I do not. I only think five or six teams will beat them in a playoff series if Davis and LeBron is healthy. Maybe not even five teams, right, in the first round. But as of right now, roster-wise, am I wrong here that they're the ninth best team in the Western Conference as of right now? It's tricky, man, because when you look at this roster, I mean, you name some really quality teams in the Western Conference. The only question mark I have are the Minnesota T-Wolves because I do love Ant-Man. I think Ant-Man's going to take a, a significant leap this year uh, in the right direction when it comes to his elevation. Um, I'm not high on the Rudy Gobert trade. Um, I don't trust that Cat Williams will be healthy the entire season, uh, as we've seen in times before. So that's going to take its toll. Um, so I think there's a lot of different factors where the Lakers can capitalize, maybe trying to slide in that eighth seed or being one of the eight, the eighth best team in the Western Conference. If, like you said, if LeBron and AD are healthy, and that's a huge if, because last time I checked, I haven't seen the last few years, and correct me if I'm wrong, I have not seen LeBron James play 72 or more games in the last few seasons due to injuries or what have you. So, and Anthony Davis, Mr. Street Clothes, we all know how many games he's played since the 2020 season when they won that NBA championship. Um, so those are huge factors. And you got, you know, stuck with Russ, who's going to get hit in the backside of a barn, most likely, when he goes to get the ball and tries to shoot it. Um, so I think that I think the Lakers are pretty much done. I don't I don't see them making any major significant moves. I don't think they're going to I mean they may make a, a few smaller moves that may you know, boost their bench or something to that degree. But I don't see them making a major move. I don't think Kyrie Irving is coming. All these Lake, these thirsty Laker myopics that still hold on and pray and wish and and throw pennies in the wishing well, hoping that Kyrie Irving is going to come. I don't see that happening. I don't think KD, I don't think KD is going to be traded. I think they both can significantly be in a Brooklyn Nets uniform come opening night. Um I think the, the Nets were shocked at the market value or the asking price for Kyrie and KD. Um, and the, the Lakers don't seem to be willing to part with any any of those future picks anytime soon. I think the longer the Lakers wait, it could prove to be the, to their advantage, um, especially coming up on the trade deadline. But it's Russell Westbrook. Like, again, he has a hefty contract. He has not significantly prove that he is worthy of being traded to a contender without including those both those picks. And that's where the dilemma lies as far as where the Lakers are stuck. Well, thank you so much, Nick, for all that. Well, that's all the time we have for today, guys. Nick, again, thank you so much for your time, especially since we all know you're extremely busy, my man. Um, okay, let's do this again tomorrow, guys. Until then, this is the Arash Markazi Show saying stay safe and stay healthy, y'all. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E. 
AV on YouTube. This year, build your credit history with the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa Credit Card. No credit checks to apply. Get started at Chime.com slash build. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Chime checking account and 200 qualifying direct deposit required to apply.